Recording in progress. All right, hi everybody. So, we're going to focus this week on a Ramban right at the beginning of the parsha. The Ramban is on the pasuk that tells us that Abraham ben Israel. Kadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu to tell the Jewish people, and you should tell them what? When you get to the land that I'm giving you, and the land should rest a Shabbos for Hashem. And we continue, we say, Six years you should till the land. And similarly, for the vineyards, the Ramban points out, and many times in the Torah you find that the fields and the vineyards are sort of, they go hand in hand. The saftas divorce, you gather in your 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 produce. And in the seventh year, Shabbos, 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 Hashem. It's going to be a Shabbos for the land, a Shabbos for Hashem. You shouldn't um, uh, uh, harvest in the in the fields or in the vineyards. That's the Pasuk. So the first thing that is worthwhile to note is this notion of a Shabbos Lashem. The idea that something is for Hashem. That we know this kind of a phrase, X Lashem, from a number of different places. For example, we have the famous Gemara in, in Chulun. The Gemara in Chulun tells us a story about uh, the sun and the moon. The Gemara tells us that the sun and the moon were initially of equal size, but the moon pointed out Baruch Hu, that you can't have two kings wearing one crown. Right? So Hashem says, okay, go make yourself smaller. The moon says, why should I be smaller? I didn't point out anything other than what is factually true? Why am I being punished by becoming smaller? And the the Gemara says, Chazal tell us that Chodesh Baruch tried to mollify the moon, and many different attempts are made, including telling the moon that look, really you are accompanied by all these stars. Many of these stars are far bigger than the sun. You have a whole host of things that are with you. No. The Jewish people are going to determine their holidays with you and not the sun? No. There are going to be many great tzaddikim or gemiones katan, like you, mara katan? No. Nothing mollified the moon. And so the Pasuk uh, says the Gemara, the Pasuk is by the by Rosh Chodesh, is a sir chatos lashem. As it were, it's a sin offering for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whatever that means. Why? Because he was mismayed the Levana, without cause, without reason. Another example is Reach Nechayach Lashem, where we say that a fire, Badam is Beach, is a Reach Nechayach for HaKadosh Baruch again, whatever that means. But we know that that has halachic implications. If a, if a carbon is not brought in the right place, if it's lacking in Reach Nechayach, it's not a kosher carbon. So when we say Shabbos Lashem, what do we mean? We say Isha Lashem. Many times we have the words Lashem coming after a word that is something being given as it were to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what is going on when we say over here 
Veshavus Ha'aretz, the land should rest. Shabbos Lashem, a Shabbos for God. So the 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 Ramban points out. Well, let's start with Rashi. Rashi says that what it doesn't mean when it says Shabbos Lashem, Lashem Hashem. It means that this Shabbos is in honor of God or in the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Kishem Shenem Shabbos Bereishis, as it says by the Shabbos of Bereishis. What does Rashi mean, as it says in the Shabbos of Bereishis? So, in order to understand what Rashi is saying, we have to go back to Parshas Yisrael. We have to go back to the Aseris Hadibris. Over there, the Pasuk tells us, by the mitzvah of Shabbos, right, remember the Sabbath, and keep it uh, uh, holy. Six days you shall work, and uh, you know take care of all your uh, working requirements. And the seventh day, that should be a Shabbos for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Don't do any work then. Right, your whole entire family, your whole entire household. Why? Because six days Hakadosh Baruch Hu made the Shemayim v'Aretz. As Hayom as Bam. Right, the whole entire world. And he rested on the seventh day. Okay, therefore, Beirach Hashem as Yom Hashabbos Vayikatshia. Therefore, Kadosh Baruch Hu, as we're blessed, the seventh day, blessed the Sabbath, and made it holy. Rashi is telling us that the Shem, the Vishavas Haharet Shabbos LaHashem, is referring to the Shabbos LaHashem of. Ma'antara, the Shabbos Lashem of the Aseris Hadibris. And in the same way that by the Aseris Hadibris it's telling us to keep the Shabbos in honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so too over here it means the same thing. In this case, it's instead of doing work on the seventh day, we're not, and, and being prevented from doing work on the seventh day, here we're being prevented from doing work on the land in the seventh year. The same idea according to Rashi. The Ramban doesn't like it. The Ramban disagrees with how to read the Medrash, and the Ramban effectively says a different approach. The Ramban says, it's not that we are not working on the seventh day in order to honor the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's not the reason. The reason that we're not working on the seventh day is he didn't work on the seventh day, says the Ramban. He doesn't like the grammar. He says, if you look, there are many times where it says to keep Shabbos in the Torah. And all of those times, we are the ones who are being directed to keep the Shabbos. It's a Shabbos for us. Shabbos is for the Jewish people. The Pesach says... That, uh, for example, it says by uh, Yom Kippur, Shabbat Shabbat Sein Hulachem. Or it says by um, uh, another holiday, Yelachem Shabbat Sein. Right? The Pasuk is saying that the Shabbos is for you. If it's saying Shabbos Lashem, says the Ramban, the, the, the Chazal were not having Kavana to tell you that this Shabbos is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because fundamentally, every Shabbos, every Yom Tif is L'Shem Hashem, is to honor HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in none of the holidays, 
does it say Hashem? doesn't say by Pesach it should be La Hashem. But of course, it's all La Hashem. Or as the rabbis uh, clarify, and when we say by, uh, by, by, by the holidays, we say it's Chati, right? Lachem v'chati Hashem, right? You're, you're, you, you have to dedicate something to, for yourself in terms of being able to eat and, and, and to uh, enjoy. So the Ramban is saying, I don't understand the language. Shabbos la Hashem, Rashi's translating it to mean that it means it's for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's for the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're honoring HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Ramban, that's the truth by every Shabbos, that's the truth by every Yantif, that's the truth by everything. And in fact, we have different language in the Chumash where it tells us that the Shabbos is for us. So according to the Ramban, that's not the, that's not the correct way to translate it. Says the Ramban, this is how you translate it. When the Pasuk is telling us Shabbos Lashem. Perish Shabbos Lashem Alekecha Ha'amor B'Shabbos Bereshis. What does it mean? It means like this. That according to the Ramban, the, the Medrash that Rashi is basing himself on is telling us something different. And what it's telling us, what it's telling us is as follows. HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested on the seventh day, so too we must rest. HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested on the seventh day, so too we must rest. That's what the, that's what the Pazik is telling us in, in Shemais by the, by the Matan Torah, um, and also here in Parshas Bahar by Shemitah. In both cases, it's saying the same thing. In other words, says the Ramban, just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested on the seventh day, that's why we must rest. It's not us uh, telling us that the reason that we have to rest and we have to stop working the land is to honor HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The reason that we have to stop working the land is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested on the seventh day, and so must we. And if you look at it, if you think about it, the, the, the taina of the Ramban is a good taina. Why would this be any different than any other Shabbos that we're doing for HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Every Shabbos, every Yantav is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why by Shemitah are we saying something different? Everything is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in fact, the language by the Mayadais is, even if it doesn't say La Hashem, and it says the opposite, it says Lachem Shabbosin, Yelachem Shabbosin, it nevertheless is still for Hashem. So the Ramban's challenge to Rashi is good one, except and and so therefore over here we have to read the pasuk v'shavas ha'aretz and the land should rest Shabbos l'Hashem a Shabbos v'akadosh baruch what does it mean a Shabbos v'akadosh baruch Rashi had said I don't understand what it means l'Hashem so Rashi put in the words l'Shem Hashem for the honor of v'akadosh baruch the Ramban doesn't like that as we just said why because every Yom Tov, every Shabbos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, why would Shemitah be any different? By none of the other ones does it say it. And in fact, it uses contrary language, but we still say it's all for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So to say that over here doesn't make sense. If we're using the word Shabbos Hashem, it's not to say that it's for the honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's what we always are doing. It must be saying something else. It says the Ramban, and what it's saying is that just as Hashem rested on the seventh day, that's where the land must rest. So V'shavah Zohar the land must rest, a Shabbos Hashem, just as Hashem rested. And I think over here, potentially that could work, because look at the next Pasuk in Pasuk Dalet. If you look at Pasuk Dalet, the Pasuk Dalet says, Uvashon Hashviyas, and in the seventh year, Shabbos Shabbos Yel 
it should be a, a rest for the land. Shabbos Lashem, a Shabbos again for, for, for God. What does that mean? Again, it's a reference to the land. It's a reference to the land resting, and therefore that's a Shabbos for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the, you can't till the fields or the vineyards. So the Ramban is saying that it means the same thing in both cases. I don't need to tell you it's a Shabbos Lashem twice. It's just simply telling you that the same way Hashem rested, so too the, uh, the land has to remain fallow. The land has to rest. The, I think that there's a problem with the Ramban's approach. And I think that the problem with the Ramban's approach is seen in Parshas Yisrael. Because if you take the Ramban's approach and bring it back to the um, to the Sarasa Dibrais, listen to the Pasuk over there. The Pasuk says, right? Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. And then we say, right? You should work for six days. And on the seventh day, it should be a Shabbos Lashem Alekacha. It should be a Shabbos for Hashem, your God. According to the way the Ramban is reading it, it's not a Shabbos in honor of God. It's not a Shabbos for the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a Shabbos that you're doing. In other words, you're stopping from working. Why? Because the same way that he, as it were, stops from working, so too you are. You're modeling your behavior after him. If that's true, then let's keep on reading. It says, your whole family. And what's the next words? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in six days and everything in it. And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu blessed the, the Shabbos day and made it holy. The, the first word in this Pasuk is Kisheshes Yomim Asa Hashem. Why are you resting? Because Hashem created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. So we have a whole explicit Pasuk telling us that the reason that we have to keep the Shabbos is because of the fact that Hashem rested on the seventh day. So why would I need to say, according to the way the Ramban is learning, to say that when it says, that it's telling me to keep the Shabbos because Hashem rested. I have, I have a Pusik explicitly telling me that the reason I'm keeping Shabbos is because Hashem rested. Tupsukim later. So, to my understanding, it seems that Rashi is more in accordance with Pshat. What prevented the Ramban from saying, I think it was twofold. Number one, the reason that we already mentioned, the reason that he enumerated in here in Parshish Bahar, which is, why is Shabbos more Lashem um, than, uh, than, than you know, any other holiday? All of them are Lashem. And yet we find by many Shabbos that are mentioned that it says Lachem. So in what way is this more Lashem? Or what way is this less Lashem by other holidays? What's the difference? Perhaps you could say that look, look, it makes uh, you know a difference. Maybe, maybe there's some difference between Shabbos and in, in, in the week and Shabbos of Shemitah. Maybe there's a difference between that than the holidays where it's more lachem, like we said, chatzi lachem, chatzi lachem. But what about Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is no, there's no eating or drinking. There's nothing, so it's all Hashem, as it were. So why would that be different? Yet by 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 Yom Kippur, it clearly says Shabbos, Shabbos, and hu lachem. So I think that's one problem the Ramban had. The other problem the Ramban has, if you look in a Chumash, by the Matan Torah, by the, by the Mitzvah of Shabbos, 
the Pasuk there puts in a line. It says, V'yem on the seventh day, Shabbos, and a big line, La'ashem Aleikecha. That line is a space. It's sort of meant you to stop. So we're saying, V'yem Shabbos. V'yem is a is a Shabbos. Stop. Pause. La'ashem Aleikecha. La'ashem Aleikecha is now coming out of nowhere. Like, what is La'ashem Aleikecha connected to? I think, again, the Ramban doesn't say it, but I wonder if he saw that as a hint to say, look, the seventh day is Shabbos, also to your God at Shabbos. In other words, the same way we're about to say it two psukim later explicitly, that maybe had been one of the reasons that was driving him and impelling him not to say like Rashi, but to say that the reason that we're keeping Shabbos is not for the honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but rather because of the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested, so it's sort of an imitetio day, it's our way of emulating that. So that is um, how the Ramban starts on this on on this uh, pasuk, and then he adds, quoting from the Ibn Ezra, a one-liner. The Ibn Ezra says that, uh, literally one line. The Ibn Ezra says that when the pasuk says Shabbos Lashem, it has a deeper meaning. In other words, what we were looking at until now was a very superficial understanding of what it means Shabbos Lashem. Shabbos Lashem, we were saying, it means either Shabbos to honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shabbos to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the Ramban now says on a deeper level, a Shabbos literally for Hashem. So in other words, let's look at the Pasuk again. The Pasuk is telling us, the Shabbos HaAretz, the land should rest, Shabbos Lashem, it should be a Shabbos for God. Says the Ramban like this, the Ibn Ezra, Pointed out already that the side yemais olam ramos b'makim hazeh the the secret the secret about the days of the world are hinted to here. What is the Ramban referring to in terms of the secret of the days of the world that are hinted to here? The Ramban is effectively saying like this: We know that there are a number of opinions that talk about the term that this world will exist is for 6,000 years. Those 6,000 years um, are either um, referred to in the Tana de Velion, in Mar Sanhedrin, as Shne'alafim Tayo, Shne'alafim Tayra, and Shne'alafim Yimais HaMashiach. The world will exist for 6,000 years, or in the approach of uh, Rav Ketina, that she's Alfi Shana Have Alma, the world's going to be for 6,000 years. But there's a tradition in Chazal, not the only tradition, but there is a tradition within Chazal that the world will last for, for, for 6,000 years. What happens after the year 6,000? The Gemara Sanhedrin says that according to Rav Katina, there will be Chad Charuv. There will be 8,000 years where the world is destroyed. According to Abaya, that's 2,000 years. They have a disagreement on the basis of Psukim. Be it as it may, this disagreement as to whether the world will be a thousand years destroyed or two thousand years destroyed, according to the way the Ramban understands it, according to the way the Ibn Ezra understood it, and it seems pretty clear from the Gemara, the way Chazal understood it, that it's more likely, uh, perhaps, to say that the Stamad Gemara felt that the destruction, quote-unquote, will be for a thousand years. That is, you have six thousand years of, of 
regular life, regular civilized life, the Khan Kharov, and then you have a thousand years of destruction. What does it mean, destruction? That destruction can be understood as rest. That destruction can be understood as menucha, as letting everything lie fallow, as not having any sort of creative, helpful, affirmative kind of work being done. And what happens when you just let something lie fallow? The world, when, uh, like, for example, if you look at uh, in Ukraine, right, you look at a place like Chernobyl, hasn't been touched, right, well, I guess until the Russians came in, but really hasn't, you know, except for a few scientists, that really they, nobody's allowed to live there. It's a closed zone. And it's been like that now for close to 40 years. And what do you have over there? What you have over there is where the, the forest the, has sort of taken over. And it's everything's back to, to being rustic, to being natural. That is effectively what it means, it's not that the world is going to be literally absolutely destroyed. We've pointed out in the past different commentaries that suggest that it's not an absolute destruction. The charv is that there's nothing happening. The destruction is me'eleha. The destruction is because you're not doing anything creative and helpful. Eventually, the, what happens when you don't do something? Well, it gets destroyed. Time, the elements, will destroy it. So the Ramban is suggesting like this, based upon the Ibn Ezra's hint. The secret to the days of the world are hinted to here is because you've got six days of creation. You have six years of work. The days and the years... Um, in, 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 according to Chazal, is that a day of Akarish Borchu equals six, th- uh, I'm sorry, a day of Akarish Borchu equals a thousand years. That um, one day for us is like a thousand years for Akarish Borchu. So if you have six days of creation, that's effectively six thousand years. And then on Shabbos, you have Menucha, on Shabbos, you have rest. That rest that we're normally translating as as relax, resting and relaxing, is now being retranslated as to, well, what does rest actually mean? What rest actually means is that you're not doing anything creative. You're not doing any creative work. Um, you're letting you're letting go. You're letting things lie fallow. You're letting things go of their own volition. And when that happens for a period of time, a significant period of time, or a millennia of time, that, of course, results in the destruction of that thing. And that's why in Chazal it's understood as a chidosh ha'olam. It's not that the world is entirely or totally destroyed as a result of this seventh millennia. It's that the world is being mechadesh, HaKadosh Baruch is being mechadesh at that time. What we've proven is that according to the Stamad Gemara, and certainly according to Ben Rishayim, the, the, the approach of Rav Katina as opposed to Abayah, that the world will only be destroyed for a thousand years and not two, is then a perfect complement to the idea of Shabbos. In other words, it doesn't work, like Abayah says, if it's 2,000 years, because then it doesn't work with, with the parallelism between one day being 1,000 years. Um, perhaps we would have to find something else, but, but, but according to the layer of Katina learns, it comes out really nicely, because you have the 6,000 years equal the six, paralleling the six days of creation, and then you have the seventh day of rest of non-work which is paralleling the seventh millennia the seven thousand year the the thousand year period um thereafter which is also going to lie fallow 
and therefore is called destruction, but it's really the time when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mechadash According to um, according to this, it makes perfect sense why Shemitah then is seen in the context of the creation of the world. Because it also has the same kind of parallelism. Instead of being six days, right, and then the seventh day we rest, it's six years, and the seventh year we rest. But fundamentally, it's the same idea. And this is then, is what even as you're saying, is the hint of Shabbos Lashem. Shabbos Lashem is literal. Shabbos Lashem, in the deepest understanding, is that it is a Shabbos Fakarish Bochu. Because that seventh year, not in terms of the Shemitah cycle, but that seventh year, in terms of the 7,000 year cycle, that seventh day for HaKadosh Baruch Hu is an ultimate day of rest. It's an ultimate day of letting everything lie fallow, of letting everything be rejuvenated. The Ramban continues, and the Ramban says that because of this, because you see this connection between the seven-day cycle to the seven-year cycle, we can now understand why there is such an emphasis on it in next week's Sedra. Right, in next week's Sedra, no, oftentimes they come out together, but in next week's Sedra, we have the Teichacha. And the Teichacha contains numerous discussions about Shemitah. According to the Ramban, the reason that Shemitah is so integral to the Teichacha is because it's a sin that is like usurping or, or, or denying HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world. When you are not letting the land lie fallow, when you are working the land, you are saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not the one who is responsible. It's my work that is responsible. And effectively what you're doing is denying my separations in the sense that you are saying that it's really all you and there was nobody who was really running this world. And not only are you denying my separations, you're denying you're denying the, the purpose and the point of the world. So therefore, says the Ramban, it's such an important Avera that, that it's literally responsible for throwing the Jews out of the land of Israel. In the same way that we learned in Parshat Zacharim by St. that if you don't keep the Arias, Hashem will spit you out of the land. This is the same idea. It's that kind of severity. And if you look at the at the um, at the Torah of next week's edge, you'll see that the number seven is fundamental to the Torah. The Pazak tells us, If you don't listen to me, I'm going to punish you seven times on your sins. And again, a few psukim later, right? if you're going to go with me, which is like a certain coldness, not taking every, taking everything as coincidence, not realizing the Yad Hashem involved, then, then I'm going to give you more makas seven times on your on your chet. Uh, we see it another time. And again, we see. Again and again, <coughs> we talk about Hashem repaying us back seven times on the sin. What do you mean seven? Why seven specifically? So I think there is. The, the, the Rabban doesn't point it out, but there's something here going on, I think, and I want to explain what I mean, but before I do, I just want to say over the the, the, the that you see it. <laughs> 
The Pazik says that what's going to happen in the times when the Jews don't behave, your land's going to be destroyed, and the cities are going to be harved, they're going to be all, all destroyed. Us, at that point in time, after you've been destroyed, and effectively wiped out, thrown out, us, at that point in time, then the land's going to be able to get back its it's uh, Shemitahs, it's Shabbosahs. Call Yemei Hashem all the days of its destruction. You're not there anymore. You're now in the lands of the enemies. Then the land is going to remain at rest. The land is going to remain at peace. The Hirtzot Hashem says it's going to re it's going to reinvigorate its Shabbosahs. It's going to get back all that time that it was stolen. Its Shabbos, its rest, it will now have the chance to rejuvenate Mimachadash itself back. The continues the Pasik. Call All the days of destruction it will it will rest. This that it wasn't rested, When you were residing on it and you didn't keep the Shabbos for the land. You 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 did not let the land lie fallow. You kept on uh, working the land all those times. So now the land is going to be able to rehabilitate itself and rejuvenate itself. And, re- and and sort of get back to the place that it needed to be by being able to the, keep the land in a destroyed state. It's going to be able to make up for all the lost Shabbatot, for all the lost Shemitot, Shviyas, that it did not have. That's what the Pesach tells us explicitly, and it reiterates it. If you look a little bit later on in the Teichacha, the Pesach says that the, uh, towards the end of the Teichacha, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that he's going to remember the Shus Aves, and if the Shus Aves is not going to work, then he's going to remember the land, the Aretz Eskar. And then we, we if you um, pay attention, the Baal Kriya then lowers the voice again. And the Pesach says, the Aretz and the land, Te'ozev Mehem, V'siretz HaShab Seisel. Again, reiterating, the land is going to have to get back to its Shabbos that it lost out on. V'ashama Mehem, you didn't keep the laws, you didn't keep the commandments. The land is going to be destroyed. It's going to have to make up for all the lost Shabbatot, for all the lost Shemitot that it didn't have. If you just pay attention on a Pashup shot level over here, it's clear that a very significant part of this Torah is because the Jews didn't keep Shemitah. And perhaps that's in part why the sins are punished, so that you don't forget the number seven. You didn't keep that number seven. We're going to punish you seven times. But there's another hint over here. The Ramban doesn't point it out, but it seems to me like uh, it's a potentially a good one. And that is that there's a light vart over here. What does a light vart mean? Um, a light vart is a notion. It was... I think coined by, by by Martin Buber, but maybe by somebody else earlier than him, which is within a small area, you find a certain word or a certain shorish of a word just repeated and repeated and repeated again and again. And like no seeming need to, to repeat that word um, again and again. And why would the Torah be doing it? if not to get you to focus on that word. If you count in the Torah, there it says the word, or the Sherish, of Shabbos seven times. And as we're saying, seven is 
not a coincidence. It is all revolving around this seven-day cycle. That's why the cycle is seven days. That's why the punishment is seven times. And the punishment is for not keeping the seven years. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we find the Shoresh of Shabbos seven times as well. Other examples of uh, Leidvart that um, that I find interesting, they're, 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 you can find them many times. Um, but I'll give you two examples. One is in Parshas Neach. In Parshas Neach, towards the end, we have the story of the Tower of Bavel. In the story of the Tower of Bavel, it's a story that takes place and it contains nine psukim. Only nine psukim. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I haven't checked, but I'm my, that's my recollection. In those nine psukim, count how many times it talks about the word echad. One. They have safa achaz, dvar machadim. Count, see how many times it says one. And you'll be astonished. Like, oh my gosh, why does it say so many times one, one, one? It's meant to get you to notice that there's something about the achdos, there's something about the oneness that you should be focusing on. And different commentaries have different problems. They don't necessarily mention that this is going on here. But it seems to me that this light vort is there, is, is pushing you, that the, the Torah is hinting to you, Al-Darach think about this as being one of the ways for your exegesis, because that is a, a, a very heavy focus of, of, of the Psukim. Another uh, a classic example um, is if you look in the beginning of Shmais in Parak Bays, is a there's a series of three stories of Maisha Rabbeinu sort of coming up to his uh, his own, and you'll see over there um, uh, that there uses the word ish many times, and it's like well, why is why is it mentioning it so many times? What's the What's the need? What are we trying to get at with a nameless person? Um, I don't want to necessarily get into those Torahs now, but the idea of a light vert is you're supposed to be taking from the hint that something is being repeated so many times in a short space of time to focus on it and say, oh, there's something here I should be thinking about that is a central theme. Now, the way I look at a light vert is it's got to be within a parasha. In other words, you can't tell me that, you know, the way the Chumash works, not in in the way the the printed Chumash, but if you look in the Sefer Torah, right, we have a we have graphics, right? The graphics are the parasha. The parasha itself is a very complicated thing because there's, uh, it 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 makes the Sefer Torah not kosher if you don't have the right parasha psucha, parasha stuma. But there are certainly not there are certainly differences between the parshiot and various different traditions in Sefer Torah. A topic for another time. But to me, a light vote only works within the same parsha. You can't go and, and look at two different parshiot. I don't mean two different sedras. I'm saying two different parshiot within one within one area before where there's a stop before and a stop after. That's what I mean. So both of those cases in the beginning of Shemais and in the end of Nayach, you'll see what I mean. And over here as well, in the Techa, it's again one block. It's one parsha. So the fact that the Torah is mentioning so many times Shabbos, the, the, that root word Shabbos, is a hint that you're supposed to notice that. And obviously, you would have already noticed it probably by the fact that the Torah says that it's going to come, the land is going to be fallow and destroyed to make up for the lost Shemitahs, the lost Shabbos. 
but it's hinting at you even further by seven times mentioning that root. So that's an additional hint to this idea that the Ramban pointed out that not keeping the Shemitah is so fundamentally problematic, is so fundamentally terrible that it causes the destruction of the of the land. But you see there that a similarity to what we say when we say Akash Baruch is going to have in the seventh millennia a destroyed world, but it's going to be Mechadosh the world. That similar idea is being translated in the Psukim because the world's going to remain destroyed. The world's going to remain at rest. When we say destroyed, it doesn't mean a deliberate destruction. It means a, a non-activity, lack of activity, a, a stoppage of activity. And that stoppage is going to enable the land to be rejuvenated, to be able to make up for the, for the times that it should have had the, uh, the Shemitah's kept, in the case of, of the destruction of, of the land of Israel, the Beis Hamikdash, etc. And in the case of the universe as a whole, um, presumably not just for, for uh, you know, for, for Shemitah, because that's not the fundamental premise, it's really the idea of and resting as it was in terms of the creation of the world. So that's where we are right now. Um, the Ramban, when he introduced this idea, pointed out that this is very, very deep stuff, and he's going to hint to you what he can hint to you, and if you don't understand it, well, that's too bad. And he can't go any further. And he concludes by hinting that the same way that we have a seven-day cycle and the same way that we have a seven-year cycle, and I, I don't know if I pointed it out now, but I, I, I know I pointed it out um, before, uh, I think probably in the year that we did the Rashbam or maybe in years past, the seven-day cycle, just as a for a moment, is something very unique in the annals of time. Right? Most of the cycles that we keep are cyclical in the sense that they are part of nature. That cycle is a part of nature. So, for example, um, it's seasonal, cycle from the seasons. It's a lunar cycle in terms of the monthly cycle for a month. Um, you know, uh, we either go by the moon, in which case, as the moon waxes and wanes, we have that monthly cycle, or we, we, we do a monthly cycle based upon uh, the sun and the earth going around the sun, you know, uh, 365 days a year. Um, or we have a cycle of the daily cycle in terms of the sun rising and, and, and setting. Our, our lives are set up based upon cycles that are seen within nature. The seven-day cycle is not a cycle that's seen within nature. It's not a normal cycle. We, we to our detriment, um, sort of just take, take it as a given that there's a seven-day week. But there's really not. There have been many other traditions and other religions and other cultures around the world that had, you know, five-day cycles, ten-day cycles. Even as recently as, like, the Soviet Union, who attempted to, you know, get rid of any vestige of Judaism, Christianity, etc., from their people, um, well, they realized that the, the way to do that is to change the week. Everybody's going to think about Sunday or Saturday is the time they're going to go to shul or the time they, would, they used to go to church. So how, how do you stop that? Is that they tried very hard to create a, I think it was a, 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 um, a, a six-day cycle. They tried to create an eight-day, ten-day. Uh, the French uh, tried to create a ten-day cycle. The Soviets tried to create a five-day or six-day cycle. In, in both of these cases, eventually it didn't work, and it went back to the seven-day cycle. But people understood, in the case of the Soviet Union, that the only way to get rid of the religion was to get rid of the days of the week. 
the days of the week have uh, is is one of the big gifts that the Jewish people have given humanity is this idea of a seven day week, which you won't see it in nature. There's nothing in nature that's happening every seven days. It's an unnatural phenomenon that we have attested to because of what happened in Maya Sebrachus. So the Ramban then points out and says, look, we have the seven-day week. We have the seven-year cycle. But then there's the seven times that cycle, right? There's the Jubilee cycle. There's the Yevil cycle, which is seven days. I'm sorry, which is seven years, seven times. And that 50th year, that's the Yevil. The Ramban literally goes only on it for one word. He won't, he doesn't say anything more. And he says that this is relating to the 50th level of wisdom, Sharibina, and, and he doesn't explain anything further. There are others who have suggested that the world's cycle happens seven times, and then there's an ultimate sort of, uh, uh, you know, Yevil, and then, you know, perhaps there's no more. Um, but as the Rambam says in the end of the Mishnah Torah about these things, you know, better not to, to ask. No one really knows. Until we get there, we won't know at all. One thing to point out um, as, as we're finishing this up is the Ramban's idea that he mentions here in Parshas Bahar, he also mentioned in Parshas Bereshis. And in Parshas Bereshis, the the basis or the way he got into being able to to say this approach was the the the, the end of Vayichulu includes a word that doesn't really make too much sense. The pasuk says, right? Hashem finished and rested from all the work that he had done. Hashem blessed the seventh day, and made it holy, because that's when he rested, that Hashem created, to do. Literally, means to do. So what does that have to do with what we just said? If Ayichulu is celebrating, as it were, now stopping working after six days of working, so why is it to do? It should say what he did. That's the question that bothers the Ramban, it bothers Rashi, it bothers a lot of the commentaries. So the Ramban explains that Asher Kim Lasos means from doing. That Hashem, you have to you have to add in that word, Asher Kim Lasos, that he uh, he's resting now from the work that he had done. In other words, even though it says Lasos, which means to do, you have to add in a word. That's what it says, that, what it means in terms of Parshim Shat. And he brings a nice raya for that, because the pasuk says by by Yosef when they were having the seven years of plenty, the pasuk says ki chadal lispar ki ein mispar. They stopped counting. So you see the word ki chadal lispar. They stopped the counting. They stopped to count because it was too much. Now you could say that that's a, a little bit of a cute raya, but not necessarily so strong because chadal means to stop. So you already stopped. Right, you already stopped from the word chadal, right? So the fact that it's saying they stopped to count, it fits really nicely. But to say that God created Laasos to do doesn't mean that he created from stopping what he did. But that's one of his rise. And he brings up a few other rise like that. And he says if you look for example by uh, by the 
Parshas Noach, where we just mentioned, in those nine psukim, it says, They stopped to build the city. But again, you have the word Chadal, and you have and you have a Lamed after that. So it's, again, to me, not a clear Raya. But anyhow, the, that's the Ramban's basic approach. He says that La Sois means from doing. That's what it means on a simple level. But then he says, on a deeper level, what actually was going on here is something, is something a lot more. When we're saying, Vayichulu, we're saying it about the six days of creation that Hashem rested on the seventh day. But we end off with Asher that Hashem created, La'asos to do, says the Ramban on a deeper level, it does mean to do. It means to do in the future. And the Torah is hinting again over there to the idea that the six days of creation parallel the 6,000 years of the world, and one day equals a 1,000 years. It says the Ramban that the first 2,000 years or the first two days of creation are called Tayu, because there was no Torah yet, there was a destruction of the Mabal, there was Zara, there was all of that. The next 2,000 years are called Taira. The next two days are, are called, in, in terms of their epoch, are called uh, Taira. Why? Because Avram Avinu was created, uh, Avram Avinu was born, the Jewish people got their start, there was Matan Taira, there was a Beis HaMikdash, the number one and number two. So there was that, that's why it's called Taira. And then the third, says the Ramban, the third is um, known as Yemais HaMashiach, and the third starts, says the Ramban, 172 years after the Churban of the second bias, and, and the Ramban points out that those 2,000 years are called Yemais HaMashiach. Why? Because Mashiach is going to come uh, relatively early in the, in the time. It's going to be first Yemais HaMashiach, and there's going to be uh, um, some destruction, there's going to be a lot of uh, you know, sort of countries, powers fighting with each other. But after that, after that, uh, the king, those wicked kings will be gone. And the Messiah is going to come in the year, he says, 118 years into the sixth millennia. 118 years into the sixth millennia equals, um, equals, I think it was, uh, when I did the calculation, I think it was 1358, or maybe 1360, I think 1358. Obviously, that time is gone. Um, and, uh, you know, in, my, in our Sunday morning classes on, on the Messiah, we'll, we'll be touching on various different uh, kitsin that have been propounded over the centuries. But the Ramban and Chumash, in, in, right in the beginning of Bereshis, gives you his, uh, his uh, hope as to when Mashiach uh, should come. He also talks about it in his Sefer Gula, um, but the, 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 the key takeaway from the Ramban and this week's Sedra in Parshat Baha'i in relation to Anim B'chukaisa, Anim Bereshis, is the understanding that there's a seven-day cycle that is a, a daily cycle, it is a yearly, it is a yearly cycle, uh, and it is also, as it were, a godly cycle. And with that, I, I will conclude. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.